This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. How many of you remember growing up in church, and some of you might be too young for this, but how many of you remember Testimony Sunday? A testimony, can I get it? Yeah, get an amen on Testimony Sunday, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but in my church, it was a scary day, okay? I mean, it was, it was just a frightening moment, okay? Number one, you had no idea when church was going to end, okay? It was just, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it's just like crapshoot, you know, and uh, the other scary, this is really the most scary part to me, is they would put a microphone on the stage and just allow anybody to come up and say what they want on the microphone. Listen, I love all of you, but I'm not giving you the microphone, okay? <laughs> Lord only knows what's going to come out of your mouth, okay? And how long you're going to have a testimony about a third aunt that nobody in the church knows about, you know what I mean? Okay? But how many know this, that you have a great story about something you did in your life that you go, man, that was really stupid. I was just, I, I can't believe I did that. Amen? Okay. How many of you know you have a story of a moment in your life that you go, yep, that was the grace of God that saved me right there. Okay. That was, that was simply nothing more than God's grace and his protection and his favor. Can I get, get, your, get your hands up? You're like, yeah, I know a moment like that, okay? I remember a moment like that in my life. So I remember I was saved for about two years. And the um, first couple of years, if I'm being honest, were just really up and down. I was trying to figure out Jesus and trying to let go of my old life. And I was actually in a season where I was doing really, really well. And it was Christmas time, and a bunch of my uh, believing friends had gone home for different things, and I was kind of alone. And, and I had an old friend give me a call, my old friend Eric Brown. Okay, Eric Brown was, uh, we lived in the suburbs, but Eric Brown was kind of the local drug dealer to the suburbs. And, um, and he gave me a call this Christmas season, and he said, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, man, I'm doing nothing. I'm like just super bored, you know, and he was like, great. He's like, you're coming over tonight. And I'm like, no, man, like I can't do that. Like that's not my life anymore. I got a new life with Jesus. Like can't do it. Like I'm trying, okay, and I'm trying here, all right? And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to get you high tonight. And I was like, no, 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 like no, that's, no, that's not going to happen, okay, no, no, that's not going to happen. I don't know why I'm still on the phone with you, but it's not going to happen, you know, and Sure enough, I end up at Eric's house at night, and, and I walk in, and I'm like, Eric, nothing's happening tonight. Like, nothing's happening tonight, you know? And so he goes, he shuts the door, and he locks the door. And Eric, okay, my friend Eric was like 6'6", and just muscle, okay? I loved Eric, because I would run my mouth, and he'd beat everybody up. It was a great, it was just a great friendship, okay? I loved running my mouth, okay? And he goes, no, 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 man, we, we're, getting, we're getting high tonight, and Sure enough, where we are, we're getting high. And, and around 2 o'clock in the morning, this car rolls up his driveway. And, you know, I'm pretty paranoid at this moment, you know. And, and the doorbell rings, and I look out the doorbell, and who is it? It is, it is my mentor, the person that's, like, discipling me. His name's Taka. And I'm like, Taka's here, you know what I mean? And he looks at me like, what is happening right now? So we, like, 
Like, we're just dumb. Like, we just start shutting off all the lights. I mean, like, Taka, like, knows that the lights are on. He's, like, ringing the doorbell. You know what I mean? I'm hiding, you know what I mean, at the same time. Like, like it's just a crazy, crazy night. So that happens. Like, two days later, I ignore Taka for days. Because isn't that what we do when we're in darkness? We ignore light, okay? Whenever we're in darkness, we're like, I don't want to be close to the light. So I ignore Taka. I'm, I'm very distant from Taka. I'm distant from the Lord. And I'm still hanging out with Eric. And the whole time, the whole time, the Holy Spirit's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just ignoring the Holy Spirit. And, and, we're, and we have this day, we're playing golf. And, and my girlfriend, she, she uh, beeps me. Remember, I, mean, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't have a cell phone, so I had a beeper, you know. I still thought it was cool, you know. So she, she hit me up, and I was like, Eric, I need to borrow your car. I need to go see my girl. He, he's like, we're on the, like, the ninth hole of 18. He's like, what are you? I'm like, dude, I got to go see my girl, you know? So he lends me his car, and before, before I leave, he's like, bro, don't wreck my car. I'm like, bro, I'm not going to wreck your car. Are you serious? I'm just going to go see my girl real quick. I'll be right back, you know? So I, I take his car. And I'm on the way, I'm on the way, I don't know what my train of thought was, but I thought, you know what, I need a tan before I see my girl. So I stopped at the tan, I stopped at the tanning booth real quick. The mind, the mind of Jeff Workmeister at 18, 19 years old, okay? So I hit the tanning bed real quick, okay? Get back in the car, there's this four-lane road across the street. So I look left, good, I look right. Don't look left again. I take off, go across the road, and what happens? Bam! Car accident. And it was a it was a bad one. I was telling somebody this morning about it. I flew halfway out of the car. I promise you. I promise you. It was an angel that shoved me back in that car. I was flying out, and if I would have flown out the car next to that car, would have ran me over, and I would have been dead. And so I hit the glass. I get thrown back into the car. I'm poor. I have no insurance. The, the ambulance comes. I send them away. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like, sir, you're bleeding profusely. I'm like, I know. I'm good. I got this. Like, I got life under control right now, you know? Obviously what? I didn't have life under control. And it was one of those moments in my life after this all happened that I had to ask this question. And really, it was the Lord asking me this question. He was asking me this question where he said, am I really Lord of your life? See, there's a difference. I truly believe this. I believe there's a difference from the moment that we say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you to forgive me. I need you to, you know, restore my life. There's a moment from there that there's another moment where we go, Okay, now I really understand what it means to surrender my life. And you got to make another choice. And you're like, am I really going to let Jesus be the Lord of my life? And we don't understand this in America. This is like totally different. You know, Western culture is just completely different. And the answer at that time was yes, and praise God, it was yes. But how many of you know this? The truth is this, that you will answer this question time and time and over and over again in the course of your journey as you walk and follow with Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't end. 
Because you repeatedly come back to places where the Lord goes, am I Lord in this area of your life? Amen? Oh, it's getting real quiet in here. We're all like, oh, man. We're okay. We're talking about lordship. Definition of lordship means this. It's power and rule. The K, uh, King James Dictionary says it this way. Dominion, power, and authority. Okay? See, here's the, here's the deal, okay? Did I have a marijuana issue? Did I have a lying issue? And the answer is this, no. You're like, come again? <laughs> I think you're lying to me right now. <laughs> I don't believe you, <laughs> yeah. No. You know what I had? I had a lordship issue. Did you hear that? I had a lordship issue. The Lord was not the Lord of my mouth yet. Can I get an amen from somebody? Lordship says this. Lord, I'm making you Lord over every area of my life. Right? We like Lord, your Lord on Sunday. Lord, your Lord at the prayer night. Lord, your Lord when I'm in trouble. And God goes, no, I want to be Lord on Tuesday afternoon at your job that you complain about and you hate and you want to murder your boss. Can I get an amen from somebody, okay? This is real life, right? Amen? Lord goes, I want to be Lord over all of your life. Every area of your life. The problem is this. We go, we go, wait, wait, wait. I thought Jesus is about grace and mercy and he wants me to win and his goodness. I, I thought it was, I thought serving Jesus was about that. And the answer is this. Yes, it is. It is about his grace. It is about, just as we sang today, his victory. It is about his power. It is about his goodness. It is about that he wants you to win in this life. But he ultimately asked this question. Is it going to come through you or is it going to come through me? Amen? Is it going to be your way or is it going to be my way? Because the Lord declares when he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I, I, the Lord, I, the Lord, have a plan for you. I, God, Jehovah, God, King of kings, God, the ruler over everything from the, end, from the beginning to the end. I rule all of it, and I have a plan for you. You see that? And then he declares afterwards, he says, it's for good and not for disaster. It's to prosper you and to bless you. This is always how the word of God works. The word of God is full of promises. But so many times we will take the promise only. See that? 
We go, oh, I like the part that says that he will prosper and bless me. I'll declare that. I'll write that on, you know, my mirror in the bathroom and declare that over my life every day, okay? We're like, we'll just skip the first part that says, I, the Lord, have a plan for you. We're like, I don't like that part. Great passage. Go with me to Psalms chapter 23. I'm going to read out of the Passions Translation this morning. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have a Bible. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. Can you get it? Amen. Amen. The Lord is my best friend, and he's my shepherd. Shepherd meaning this, that we're a bunch of dumb sheep. <laughs> right? Sheep wander off. Sheep get in trouble. Sheep go do whatever sheep want to do. Sheep are distracted. Sheep, you know, are constantly getting in trouble. And they need what? They need a shepherd to protect them, to watch over them, to guide them, to lead them, to direct them. Okay? David declares, he says, the Lord, he's my best friend, but he's my shepherd. He's the one who leads my life. And then he says this, I always have more than enough. He offers me a resting place and his luxurious love. He tracks, uh, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace by a brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revitalizes my life. He opens before me a pathway to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name, the Lord, even When your path takes me, I like this version. Did you see that? Even when your path. Do you remember the disciples when they got into the boat and Jesus told them to go to the other side? Pretty confident Jesus knew there was a storm coming. Didn't mean it was going to overtake them. Amen? I had a dream a couple days ago or or a week ago. I was dreaming and I I knew it was the Lord. And I was on this balcony, and this wave in the ocean started coming at me. It was waves and waves and waves coming at me, and then it stopped out of nowhere. And the next day, I was praying about it, and I was so focused on the waves. And the Lord goes, no, 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 you're not seeing what I want you to see here. I said, Lord, what do you want me to see? He goes, where were you? Where were you? I said, I was on the high place. He goes, did that wave ever touch you? I said, no, the wave never touched me. He goes, exactly, exactly. The waves can come at you. But they're not going to touch you because I have you. So he says this, even when your path takes me through the valley of darkness, for you already have, wait, wait, wait. Your fear will never conquer me for you have already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Your comfort, you comfort me with your love and it takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely. I'll never be fearful. Verse 5 says this. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight me. You anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. And you give me all that I can drink until my heart overflows. So why would I have fear about the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. And afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to the glorious presence to be with you forever. Amen. Amen. 
What's David declaring? David declares this. The Lord is the Lord of my life. Over every area of my life, the Lord is the Lord of my life. He's saying the Lord has lordship in my life, meaning this, okay? The Lord has dominion, rule, and authority over every matter of my life. Every matter of my life. Now, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of the men in here, we struggle with this. And there's probably a lot of women that struggle with this. A lot of us men struggle with it because our earthly fathers did not show us a great example of who our heavenly father is. See? Our earthly fathers didn't act and sound and smell like Jesus. Our earthly fathers weren't full of grace and love and peace and joy and comfort and aid. And so we struggle with this idea that I would give God control over all the affairs of my life because our earthly fathers did not show us a great example of that. And maybe you even had a great father. God bless you. I have a friend, he declares all the time, he's like, I won the dad lottery. I'm like, good for you. You know what I mean? Every time I see it on Instagram, I'm like, yay for you, Chad, you know? (laughs) Real, right? But even when you have the best dad, it's not Jesus. It's not the best dad. And so we struggle with this thought, and David declares, you know what, you are the Lord over everything everything in my life. So there are some times, and I totally get this, where people come to us and they talk and they're like, hey, so we're having some, we're having some marriage issues in our marriage. And my first thought is this, yes, I know and I care and I love you. But my second thought is this, no, you're not having marriage problems, you're having lordship problems. Amen? God declares what a husband should look like. God declares what a wife should look like. It's our ability to come up underneath the word of God and say, the word of God is the authority of my life. And if this is what God declares to me about honoring my wife, then that's my job. See, my marriage didn't get any better until I started asking God this question. God, what do you want me to do? You know what he did? He directed me to his word. God, how do you want me to treat my wife? How do you want me to handle the situation with my wife? How do you want me to handle this chaos in my house? And the Lord would direct me back to the word of God. See, it changed from this moment where I was like, God, fix Jess. Right? So we do. We're like, God, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I need you to change this person. And God goes, no, I want to change you. I want to be Lord of your life. And if I'm Lord of your life, then you'll start honoring your husband the way you should honor him. You'll honor your wife the way you should honor your life. And then you'll find peace and joy and victory in your marriage that I declared through the word of God. Sometimes people tell me, man, I I, I just got drama issue. 
That's got just drama. This is just drama. I'm just drama everywhere. It's all he say, she say. It's just everywhere in my life. I go, no, you don't have a drama issue. You have a lordship issue. The Lord's really clear about our mouth. He's the Lord of our mouth, the Lord of our tongue. He has a lot to say about gossip and slander and about making sure we don't talk about people behind their backs and making sure that every word that comes out of our mouth is uplifting and full of grace and goodness to other people. God has a lot to say in the word of God about our mouth. God has a lot to say about the word of God about everything in our life. So it's not... An X problem, it's always a lordship problem. And David declares, Lord, you are the Lord of my life. You're the shepherd of my life. See, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit will produce this kind of fruit in your love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. Okay? The Lord's going, listen, if you give me lordship, I'll empower you. I'll empower you with my nature. This is my nature. My nature is different than your nature. I just think that the Lord's just waiting for some of us just to go, hey, God, I, I just, I'm not good at patience. And he goes, really? I haven't noticed. You know? And if you would just go, God, I'm struggling with patience. And the Lord would go, yeah, I understand. I can give you patience. I can give you my patience. I can give you my grace. I can give you my voice. Listen, I, I'll, I'll never forget the Lord told me, he said, listen, the issue in your marriage is you. It's your voice tones. Right? Some of you have seen it before. Some of you have been like, whoa, Pastor Jeff. It's like a sword comes out of my mouth. I just slaughter everybody. You know what I mean? It's like, right? I, I get it. I can either make you feel like you're the greatest person in the world, or I can make you feel about this tall. Just my voice tone. Right? And the Lord goes, I'll give you grace to learn how. And listen, I'm still in the process. There's still times. I said something to Jess the other day, and I, it came out of my mouth, and I was like, man, that was really stupid. That was, I just, it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, there goes today. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There goes today. There is no hope for today. Might as well go to church and work all day. You know what I mean? Just, right? God goes, I will empower you with my strength. So you ask this question. How does this relate to 600? Okay. I said this last week. I said it the week before. Okay. We as a body, as a church, will not go to 600 unless we have a group of people that go, the Lord's the Lord of my life. The Lord's the Lord of my life, and he's the Lord in what I said the week before and last week. He's the Lord of my time, my talent, and my treasure. He's the Lord of my time, my talent, and my treasure. He has complete lordship. Over these areas. And here's a cool thing about Psalms 23. God gives us this promise. He says this. He says, listen, 
if you allow me to lead you, I'll bless you. Read the Bible. Just read the Bible. It's God over and over again going, I want to bless you, I want to favor you. I want to bless you, I want to favor you. He goes, if you let me lead you. I remember I was at Living Word Church years ago, long before I ever worked there. And we were in a tough season in our life. And I didn't know what to do. I remember I asked the Lord, I was like, what, what do I do? And I'll never forget, I was in, in worship, and I just felt the Lord just like put down his arm. It was like, I was like, I just see the Lord just put down his arm. And I knew exactly what he wanted me to do. And I remember I was just there. I just reached up like I was grabbing his hand. I didn't know where we were going. I just knew the Lord was going, will you let me be the Lord right now? Will you just let me lead you right now? I know your whole entire story. I wrote it. It's good. Bless you. Favor you. I'll lead you. This is what Psalm 23 is declaring. If you'll let me do this, I will bring great victory into your life. Lordship. Lordship over time. Okay? All of us say this. I don't have enough time. Can I get an amen from anybody? You're like, can we just get more time in the day? But this is what God promises us. Verse 2, he says, he offers a resting place. A resting place. And his love So he says, listen, I know your days are busy. I know it's crazy, but I got this place of rest for you. I have this place where I'm going to take you. And he says this, to an oasis of peace. That sounds like the beach to me. I don't know about you. You know what I mean? That just sounds like hot sun sitting on the ocean. He says, I'll take you. I'll bless you. So what God is declaring to you is this. Listen, I know time's valuable, and I'm the God of time. I made time. I get time. I understand time. And I understand that time is short. If we only knew how close we are to Jesus' return. Oh, man. I was reading some, some things this week about Iran and the weapons coming through Syria and Iraq and what's happening and how Russia is preparing right now. And what's happening? The world's preparing for what? This war that God declared in Ezekiel 38. Okay? And you can see it all setting up right before us. And God goes, yeah, I know how valuable time is. Time's valuable, but I believe God goes, listen, if you'll give me my, give me my time, make my time first, I'm a good record keeper. I'll bless you. I'll lead you to peace. I'll lead you to grace. I'll show you I can take care of you. Listen, I firmly, firmly believe this, that if you'll give God your first time, First time. We give God second, third, fourth, fifth times, all the time. He goes, if you'll give me your first time, I believe God goes, you know what? I love the way that you honor me. I'll give you time. Love this, love this. So Jackie Brown told me like two years ago, she came to me, she said, the Lord told me to clean the church. And I was like, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You know what I mean? I was like, thank you, God, right? 
It's important, right? Y'all don't want dirty toilets. Amen? Okay? So she comes and she goes, the Lord told me to do this. She just does this. I don't ask her. I just come to church on Sunday morning and smell freshness. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just great. A couple months ago, the Lord prompted my heart. He said, I want you to bless Jackie. I said, okay, that's cool. A few weeks later, the Lord prompted somebody else to bless Jackie. Yesterday, I'm talking to her. Lord, she goes, I don't know what's happening. She's like, it's just coming out of everywhere. She's like, somebody just blessed us again. You see what's happening? God's going, yeah, your time's valuable. You're a, you're a mom of four. Your husband's in school. Like, your time is super valuable. And God goes, guess what? I'll bless it. And I'll make sure that I set up time for what's most important to you. The most important thing for her is to spend time with her husband. Date nights. And God goes, yeah, I know. I know the desires of your heart. I got it. I got it. Time. Lordship. God's the God of your time. God is the God of our talent. Verse 3 says this. That's where he restores and revitalizes my life. He opens before me a pathway to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. That's the goal. That our lives bring honor to Jesus' name. You know what I love? is this. Throw up these pictures. You can go through them real, real quick. Look at that beautiful woman. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Simon. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, that's my woman right there. Hallelujah right there. Put up the next picture, okay? Oh, I love this. Love this. Love this. Put up the next picture, okay? Listen, we had these three amazing women, Christy, Sean, and Colette. We needed some help managing these classrooms. You know what's awesome about not having kids' classrooms? You don't have to staff them. <laughs> Amen? Some of you, that just went over your head. You're just like, what? What are you talking Listen, the more rooms you have, the more people you got to have. I'm super thankful for our kids' rooms. You got to have people that will manage them. You got to have people that will love kids. You got to have people when you bring your kid that has snot all over their face and they're screaming and manifesting, you know what I mean? And you're like, praise God, you take them because I'm going to go spend some time with Jesus. You know what I mean? And they're like, we got this, right? I'm thankful for people that go, we'll take our talent. We'll take our talent. We'll take the talents that God's given us to honor the body of Christ. See, here's the deal. To go to 600, I don't need three of them. I need like 12 or 15 of them. Amen? To go to 600, I don't need one welcome team. I need multiple welcome teams. To go to 600, we don't need one worship thing. Listen, this multiplies. God is the God of multiplication. He multiplies. He wants to multiply this house, but he goes, you know, I need some people to go, yeah, I'll give you my time. I'll give you my talent. And he goes, I need some people too that will give me their treasure. I'm Lord over their treasure. Love this. Verse 1. The Lord is my best friend, and he's my shepherd. I always have more than enough, David declares. I always have more than enough. 
The NIV version says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I like, I like that version. I don't know about you, but I would take an amen on that one, okay? The amplified version, the loud version says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Why does David declare that he has no needs? I know why. Because the Lord's his shepherd, and he chose to put the Lord first in every area of his life. And when we honor the Lord with the first, not the leftover, not the maybe I have it, not the after we go on the trip or after we do this project at our house or after, you know, this settles down, then we'll honor the Lord with our giving. No, David goes, the Lord is first. He has lordship over every area of my life. And the Lord goes, yes, I want to bless this church, but I'm going to need time, I'm going to need talent, and I'm going to need finance. This is what the Lord declares in the book of Malachi. Verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But I say to you, in what way have we robbed you? He says this, in the tithes and the offerings. You've withheld these things. You are cursed with the curse for robbing me. Bring all the tithe, the tenth, the tenth into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? We're a storehouse for God. And when the storehouse is full, guess what we get to do? We get to bless kids in Africa. We get to bless kids in, in, in Brazil. We get to help people in, uh, in Israel know that there is a Jesus that loves them, that they're lost. We get to help those people. We get to help the pregnancy center. When the house is full, we get to have great nights like we did where a bunch of women dress up like they're crazy people. You know what I mean? Like, okay, listen. Listen, my mother-in-law, Brenda Chenoweth, had the most amazing... Can you give it up for Brenda Chenoweth? She came... Listen, she was pregnant in the 90s, so she dressed up like she was pregnant in the 90s. So she dressed up like she was pregnant in church in the 90s. When I saw her, I flashed back to 1993, y'all. I mean, I was like in the church, in the pew when I saw her, okay? Listen, when there's meat in the house, we can do great things for student ministries. When there's meat in the house, we can do outreach. When there's meat in the house, we can do whatever God commands and calls us to do. God goes, I need a people that understand lordship. And then he promises, this is what I love, he promises, he goes, you will have more than enough. David goes, I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. If you put me first. So I saw this online, and I started to cry, to be honest with you. I saw this, this, this jersey, and I was just like, Lord, you are so good to make that jersey. You know, I was just like, I was like, I was just like, I mean, my birthday was coming. I was like, Lord, Lord knows Jess isn't buying me a present. I'm buying my, <laughs> listen, I'm a, my love language is gifts. Hers is not, okay? And I love her still, okay? In Jesus' name. We got... So I saw this jersey. So I was like, I'm like, in like three weeks, I'm going to buy this jersey. 
okay? My birthday's coming, buy a birthday present, okay? I remember that Friday morning. I woke up, and I was like, ooh, it's payday. It's my birthday. going to buy me a Bears jersey because we're going to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Ooh, you liked that, didn't you? Okay? So I'm online, and I'm about to check out. And the Holy Spirit goes, you're choosing that over me? I was like, oh, no, God. You know I'm going to give. He goes, first. So what do you? He said, first. What's the first thing you're doing with your paycheck? Bears? Bears? He goes, first. Clicked over. LA Church. Put it in. God goes, all right, go ahead. It's lordship. It's lordship. When God commanded me to give to Oasa, number one, I had no idea how much of a need they had. They saw me like a week later. They're like sobbing. They were like sobbing. They were like, you have, somebody had just reneged on their commitment. They didn't know how they were going to take care of the kids. Well, God sure did. God did. He knew that he could trust me with what? Lordship. And I'm telling you, we had nothing as a church. I mean, we had nothing, okay? Nothing. I mean, I mean, we were like just every week praying. You know, like, God, can we please somehow make this $300 payment to the teen center this week? It's real. And the Lord told me, he said, listen, if you'll put me first, Elevate Church will never have a need. It's lordship. It's lordship. So I said, yes. And I said, yes again. And I said, yes again. And then God brought Ryan and Megan. And I said, yes. I remember it was like the second week they came. I wrote Ryan a check. Ryan's like, what are you doing? You don't even know me. We don't even go to your church. He's like, take your money back. I'm like, no, in Jesus' name, you take this money. You're going to take this money. I said, yes, and yes, and yes. And then, you know, you know, first of the year, the very first thing the Lord told me, the very first thing of the year, he said, listen, he said, the Jew first. He said, my people first. Israel first. I don't care what your view of Israel is. I know my view of Israel. I stand with Israel. I stand with the people of Israel. I pray for the people of Israel. I believe Jesus is coming back for the people of Israel. I believe Jesus is going to defend Israel. I believe in what the word of God says. And the word says, to the Jew first, and then the Gentile. And the Lord dealt with my heart. And he said, the first tenth of everything you give and elevate church goes to my people first, reaching my people first. And I said, yes. In Jesus' name, I'll do that. It's lordship. And the Lord goes, I want to be the Lord of your life so I can bless you. There is no reason that we are in this building in three years. It makes 0.0 sense. But it's the goodness of God because we honor him. We choose him. We put him first in all that we do. Amen? Let's just stand up this morning. Worship team, you guys can come on up.
Listen. I believe the voice of a 14-year-old that says, Dad, there's no limits to what God can do. I, I, I believe there's no limits to what God wants to do in this house. There's so many men and women and children and students and marriages and, and people God wants to love and restore and heal and renew. And I, I just, I can't wait to meet them all. Can't wait to meet them all. And the Lord goes, I just need some lordship. I need some lordship. And you'll see me do incredible things. Can I just say this? Hey, Jason, thanks for the basketball hoop. Thanks for being obedient to that. I, I got done here last night, and Michael was picking weeds, and we got done, and we played basketball together out there. Thank you. Thanks for being obedient, Jason. That's all God's looking for is just obedience. Amen? Why don't you grab a hand next to you this morning? Father, we praise you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here. I can feel you. Father, I thank you that your desire is never to take time to rob us, to cheat us, to take from us. We thank you, God, that you're a good shepherd that leads us to peace, leads us to rest, leads us to cool waters leads us to victory. Victory in our families, our relationships, victories at our job, victories in our lives. Lord, we just surrender to you. We surrender to your lordship to make you first everything we do. Lord, we commit always as Elevate Church to make you first, to put you first in everything we do. God, I pray you'd bless your people. I pray your grace upon them, strength upon them. I rebuke fear, anxiety that would come against them for putting you first in these areas. Or at least grace, grace to make you first. First in time, first in talent, first, first in finances, first. And we praise you, God, for your victory, your hand, your blessing, your favor, your goodness upon your people. God, we give you this season we're walking into as Elevate Church. And we ask, God, for your grace. We ask for your blessing. We ask that you surround us with a shield of favor. We ask you fill us with your heart and your passion, your desires for people. But we ask in the name of Jesus, you give us grace to reach lost, broken vessels. Give us grace to take territory for you. Give us grace to expand the kingdom of God right before you come back. God, put eternity in our hearts. Put passion in our hearts. Put life in our hearts from you till we reach this world. Jesus, we honor you and we praise you. And we thank you for this day. We love you. We love you. We love you. And everybody agrees. Said? 
Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.